coming up. The only way that I can describe Pam Hupp is evil incarnate. Compare her to people like Charles Manson. As crazy as this story has been, it's, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that we've got at least one or two more crazy twists to come. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. This case struck very deep uh, to our souls and our conscience uh, with a level of depravity not regularly seen. We have a person who not only murdered her friend, then mutilated the body, staged the scene, testified against an innocent man, and then once he was acquitted, went and murdered someone uh, in St. Charles County to prevent herself from being considered as a suspect. And I, I, if, if I can't pick uh, a case that was more depraved than that, this, this is it. Well, this whole thing has been unimaginable from the very beginning. And it's, it's not something that anybody could have even written you know, it's a strange, strange story and so many twists and turns that, uh, no, I never imagined we'd be standing here today, uh, 10 years ago. And the citizens of Lincoln County need to know that no one here is above the law, not prosecutors, not police officers. On today's episode of The Daily Crime, we're going to be talking about a case that many of you will be familiar with, but there are new developments that could have a major impact on the central figure central suspect in this story. It's the case of Pam Hupp outside of St. Louis. And uh, again, new developments that could have a major and serious impact on her sentence. In addition, there's a renewed focus on the former prosecutor in this case. So this is, again, big news in the St. Louis area and beyond. I'm joined by Casey Nolan, anchor and reporter at KSDK in St. Louis. Casey, let's go back to when it all started about 10 years ago, when Pam Hupp really became somewhat of a household name uh, in your area and, and around the country. It started with the murder of a terminally ill woman named Betsy Faria. Yeah, so it, it was, she, Betsy was killed in 2011. We're coming up on 10 years here this Christmas, this coming December. Um, and in terms of when it all first started, you know, I, I hate to be crass about it but right away the investigation seemed to point to the husband and i think a lot of people kind of like well we've seen this before and and that's kind of just where things started heading and betsy Faria worked with pam hupp the central figure in the story they were friends actually right it, they that's right and i think when um we all kind of first learned about uh the russ and, and betsy and then pam it was it was kind of like pam was a friend um, it, investigators have said since then that there was more to that relationship to some degree. Um, but yeah, they, they were, they were friends and she and Russ, uh, Betsy and Russ were married and, and they were going, they had been through some hard times before, but, uh, people said they had kind of worked through that. And then, then all of a sudden they were dealing with Betsy's cancer and it wasn't looking good. Right. And so she was terminally ill and then, uh, to cut to the chase, she was killed before she died of natural causes, right? And then, then there was a life insurance policy that sort of got wrapped up in all this, is my understanding. Yeah, so the so Russ came home and found her. He was the one who found her in their home just a couple of days after Christmas back in 2011. And it was a really gruesome scene. It was, she had been stabbed, if I can remember correctly, like more than 50 times in their home. And so there are 911 calls of him, you know, a rec recording, a recording of him calling 911. 
you know, understandably kind of panicked. But right away when that investigator, when investigators came out and said they thought Russ was their suspect, you know, then everybody's kind of listening to those recordings through a different lens and thinking, well, is he faking it? He had um, an alibi. Um, He was, if I recall, playing Dungeons and Dragons with some friends that was kind of a regular board game night that he had set up with these friends. He even had some receipts of where he had been to and from, um, you know, between to and from his house and this night with friends. And I think even surveillance video from a quick shop showed he was where he said he was and things like that. But the prosecutor at the time said, nope, he's our guy. Um, And his defense team tried to point to Pam Hupp. They tried to say that there was more there that they needed to look at. Um, but the prosecutors stuck with this was a crime of passion uh, and evidenced by these you know, dozens of st- stab wounds. And so they, they moved forward and they got a conviction on Russ, sent him, sent him to prison. But eventually he is acquitted, right? And that came a few years later. Right. Another judge gets a look at the case um, and overturns it, and he's set free. He walks walks out of prison, and it, it took a lot of people by surprise. I mean, he had maintained his innocence. He had done Dateline interviews from inside the prison, uh, jailhouse interviews, and he never wavered that he was innocent. And the prosecutor at the time that who would put him behind bars never wavered either. You know, even as his story gained more and more attention, she held firm that the right person was in jail, and eventually a, a, a judge you know, agreed with Russ and set him free. So Russ gets out. Eventually there, and Pam Hupp is always in the background or maybe even more than in the background of this story, but there's a uh, another murder that takes place in 2016. Would that be the next logical step to go to? I think so. You know, so a new prosecutor came in and was had promised to take a look at this case um, because, you know, now you have Betsy had been brutally murdered and with Russ out of jail, no justice for, for Betsy. So the prosecutor had, that who ousted the previous prosecutor, this is a, a position in Lincoln County that's voted on by the people, it had promised to take another look at this case. So Pam Hupp, as investigators now, a different set of investigators will tell it, she starts getting a little worried that they're looking at her. And so all of a sudden, you know, she had, She'd definitely been a visible part of this case. So all, you know, people knew her name. People had pointed to her. People knew who she was. And all of a sudden, there is this, this murder that happens in her house. And right away, people are like, okay, what is going on here? And then we start to hear the 911 call of her trying to say someone had broken into her house and was 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 trying to harm her and therefore she had to shoot him. Turns out she's in jail now because the prosecutor said that was all made up. That was just a very clumsy, I think the word they used was amateurish or something like that, that this was her really bungled way of trying to divert attention away from her when they were re-examining Betsy's murder. So Pam Hupp had some strategy in her mind that doesn't make uh, any sense to most of us, but uh, the victim in that murder case was Louis Gumpenberger, right? Yes, Louis Gumpenberger. Um, his family has described him as having uh, both uh, physical and uh, mental disabilities. She tried this allegedly with a couple other people where she approached them basically on the street 
uh, and tried to tell them of all things that she was a Dateline NBC producer, which again, the, the strategy here doesn't really seem to make sense, but in her mind, she was going to get someone to come in and try to reenact a 911 call in her house, at which point she would then, you know, shoot them, kill them and try to stage a scene that made it look like somebody was out to get her. Um, so she, she found a taker in Lewis and they tracked, they were able to track the money pretty easily. They, she had given him some money to come into her house and, you know, and then she called 911 saying she was being threatened and shot him while she was on 911. Well, pretty quickly they found, they were able to trace the money. They, they found money on him that in the serial, like hundred dollar bills, serial numbers that lined up with money that was in her nightstand. So she it was, it was pretty sloppy at, at best that in the way that she tried to pay him to come into her house so she could kill him. And again, I don't really know that anybody has ever been able to, you know, wrap a nice little bow around her strategy, how that would somehow exonerate her if they were looking at her for Betsy's death. But in her mind, that was her plan, I guess. But she, so she's now in prison without the possibility of parole for killing Lewis. Two murders then. Betsy Faria, Lewis Gumpenberger, she's behind bars now for Lewis Gumpenberger's murder. And the reason we're, why we're talking about her today is that there is new news. Uh, can you talk to us a, a little bit about that and what's going on? Yeah, this is what a lot of people think should have happened the first time. Uh, now, Pam Hupp is charged with murdering Betsy Faria. And, you know, we talked about how gruesome it was and all the, the multiple, multiple stab wounds and how she was killed. You know, that was a clue that the then prosecutor said it was a crime of passion that pointed to her husband, Russ. Well, now the new prosecutor says that's just how calculated Betsy was, that she tried to make it look like a crime of passion stabbing what was supposedly her friend up upwards of 50 times, uh, killing her in her own home. Now she had, we, we, we already knew that Betsy had taken out a life insurance policy. And for some reason, instead of putting the policy in Russ's name, her, her husband, she put it in Pam's name. It was about $150,000, I think. Um, so they say that the, the motivation was, was greed and that she wanted this money and she was going to kill her friend who was already suffering from cancer to get it. And do we know anything more about why this information is coming out now and, and what investigators or how they've been able to unearth new information? Well, it's a new prosecutor. It, I think it's as simple as that new prosecutor and a new sheriff. So not only have they reinvestigated Betsy's murder and charged Pam, but they're looking at the former prosecutor, too. They're, they've promised to have some answers by the end of the year, which will be right about the 10th year anniversary. Um, I've reached out to the former prosecutor who used to be pretty open to talking to us. You know, and she, she always maintained that Russ was the guy and that she had done her job. Well, we, we're not able to get a hold of her now. She has not replied to you know messages that I've sent her and things like that. But they, you know, I think the simple answer as to why now is because we've got a new prosecutor who took a new look at the evidence and and enlisted another department. Even though there's a new sheriff in Lincoln County, I, he also enlisted another department to kind of bring in a little more uh, separation to this case and a little more uh, an attempt at some more transparency. Um, but it's as simple as that. The, the the new prosecutor believes that the previous prosecutor not only bungled the case, but 
tried to hide evidence and do other things to to protect their case, to, to kind of save face all at Russ Faria's expense. Lincoln County Prosecutor Michael Wood says it's clear Pam killed for insurance money, and now he's going after the investigators who failed to see it. This was one of the poorest examples of investigative work that I, as well as my team, have ever encountered. Russ Faria served years in prison for his late wife's murder. He was exonerated and received a settlement from the county. I've constantly said that they did a very poor investigation. In fact, I've compared them to the Three Stooges and at one time to a bunch of incompetent monkeys. Prosecutor Wood says this was confirmation bias in the purest form, meaning once law enforcement and prosecutors made up their minds about what happened, they ignored evidence and even twisted it to save their own egos. Most concerning, however, is that information came to my attention from three separate and independent sources that witnesses were asked to lie on the stand by the prosecutor in that case. In many ways, it's the beginning of the end to a storyline people have wanted for a very long time. I never imagined we'd be standing here today, uh, 10 years ago. It's kind of like the case that, not to sound glib, just, just doesn't go away, does it? I mean, here's, uh, as you mentioned, it's, we're coming up on 10 years since the Betsy Faria lost her life. Yeah, and I, you know, I think back to when it first happened, I think because, you know, just kind of in our collective knowledge of these terrible things that happen around the country and how frequently it does seem to be the husband, I think with the exception of Russ and his really close friends and some of his family, you know, everybody, the the kind of the public sentiment was maybe be just kind of like, well, should have known, you know, that kind of thing. And so maybe there wasn't the 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 pressure from the outside to really stop and take another look at this early on or to frankly to try to you know believe russ the i think there wasn't maybe the the public outcry in defense of russ faria because people kind of thought it fit the narrative that unfortunately we're used to hearing i i can remember talking to a fellow who i knew and had kind of known russ kind of tangentially he said yeah he this is like right when it first happened he's like yeah he used to come to the church where, you know, I go to my family and I go to church and I always knew there was something off about him. And he said this privately, but still, you know, I think that probably was anecdotally kind of how a lot of people felt. And so when, you know, Russ went to prison, even though he was demanding his innocence, you know, you know, proclaiming his innocence, I just don't think most people who weren't really dialed into it really thought much about it. And so it took a long time for, someone to come along and say, wait a minute, this, he, he, he's right. Um, and then I, and then I gather that once he was freed, you know, then you get a new prosecutor and then it takes time to open up and reinvestigate an old case, especially if what the new prosecutor says is true. And that is the old, the former prosecutor tried to hide some evidence. They, there was even an allegation, there is an allegation that they even tried to destroy some evidence in the sheriff's department. But again, other previous sheriff, there's a new sheriff in town. There's a new prosecutor in town. But I gather it just takes some time now that, you know, it has taken some time after somebody tried to cover up a, what they say was a, not only a botched investigation, but potentially an, an, intentionally, an, an intentional cover-up of a bad investigation. So Pam Hupp is in prison, life in prison. This new prosecutor has announced they would seek the death penalty in connection with the new charges, though, right? You know, she took what they call the Alford plea, you know, where you say, prosecutors can convict me, but I didn't, I'm not going to admit guilt when it came to Lewis Gumpenberger's death. And she got life without the possibility of parole. 
But we have the death penalty in Missouri. And when they announced these charges, they also said they're going to go for the death penalty. I do not take lightly the decision to pursue the death penalty. But this case stands alone in its heinousness and depravity, such that it shocks the conscience. For a decade, this case has loomed large as a dark cloud over Lincoln County. And in late December 2018, as I was sworn in at the, as the prosecuting attorney here in this spot, I knew we had to work diligently to begin a thorough review of the facts surrounding Betsy's death. Just because she's already in prison for the rest of her life, things could get worse, I guess you could say. Casey Nolan, final thoughts on this very high-profile case. So one, I think the prosecutor, the current prosecutor, is really interested in people's faith in the system. You know, I think this it's, it's terrible... Obviously, beyond words, what's happened to this particular family, Russ and Betsy and, and, and their extended families. But I think as a larger Lincoln County, you know, trust in law enforcement goes, I think the prosecutor is really c- concerned with restoring some faith in the system there, too. What, one other thing I'll say that um, Pam Hupp's mother also died uh, in a nursing home uh, or an assisted living facility, I should say. Uh, took a fall off of like a second story balcony and people have pointed at that too and said that that you know she is evil and everything should be looked at so that there were never any charges in that it was ruled an accidental but all kinds of stuff happens around pam pam hub all right my thanks to casey nolan at kstk in st louis Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday, with new episodes. Be sure to let your friends and family know about The Daily Crime. We'll see you next time. For Vault Studios, Will Johnson.